scripture memory verse, Mark 12, 24, Jesus answered and said to them, Are you not therefore mistaken because you do not know scriptures nor the power of God? Mark 12, 24. Anybody else? Mark 12, 24. Of course, the context is, uh, and we're going to have to read that, is leveret, what's called leveret marriage uh, in the Old Testament in Deuteronomy. It's uh, about the kinsman redeemer. It's about furthering, uh, it's probably not the kinsman redeemer, but it's furthering the seed um, or the children of your brother because they all had inheritances and uh, that they have given for God. And if one of them died early and didn't have children, then your brother was supposed to take the wife and have the first child for him and to keep his line going. Let me just read it if nobody else wants to do it. It's 18... 1218, then some Sadducees, notice it's Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to him, came to Jesus, and they asked him, saying, Teacher, Moses wrote to us that if a man's brother dies and leaves his wife behind and leaves no children, now that's seed in the King James, his brother should take his wife and raise up seed for his brother. Now, there were seven brothers. The first took a wife, and dying, he left no offspring or seed. And the second took her, and he died. Nor did he leave any offspring. And the third likewise. So the seven had her and left no offspring. Last of all, the woman died also. Therefore, in the resurrection, which they don't believe in, notice what they're doing. They're trying to set him up. Therefore, in the resurrection, we're told in 18 that they don't believe in the resurrection. When they rise, whose wife will she be? For all seven had her as wife. Now, I believe that this is the greatest question of the Sadducees, that they're always asking their counterpart, the Pharisees, this here and saying, gotcha, you got no answer for us. You've trapped us. But notice that Jesus instantly answers them. He doesn't pause. He doesn't stutter. He doesn't write in the sand. He doesn't do anything. But Jesus answered and said to them, Are you not therefore mistaken? And why are they mistaken? Because you do not know the scriptures nor the power of God. Now watch, he goes on and explains. He doesn't just leave them standing there and say that but he actually gives them scriptural references for what he's saying. For when they rise, because they do, not if they rise, but when they rise from the dead, they neither marry or are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. And he's talking about in this respect, that they don't marry. They're not angels. People do not become angels, but they don't marry just like the angels don't marry. Why is that? Because we're all married to Christ already. And Christ does not believe in polygamy. You have one spouse, and we're already married to Christ. So when we rise in the resurrection, we're already married. We're the bride of Christ, and he gives us all back to the Father. 26 says, but concerning the dead that they rise. See, because that was really the question. 
They didn't believe in resurrection. They didn't believe that the dead rise. Have you not read? Now, these are teachers. So this was like punching them in the belly. Have you not read? Because he knows they've read. And especially the Sadducees, because the first five books of the law is what they counted on. They didn't count on any of the other books in the Old Testament, but they just believed in the Pentateuch. And if you couldn't find resurrection in the Pentateuch, then they said it didn't exist. But watch what he does. One word from Jesus. Have you not read in the book of Moses, whom they worship, in the burning bush passage, which is in Exodus 3, how God spoke to him, to Moses, saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. You are therefore greatly mistaken. Notice he shows that I am, not I was the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am. So he shows that they're still alive, that they're still with God, that they didn't die and they're gone. But he says, I am in a present tense. And so, look, listen, if you get nothing out of this, except for you have to understand that when we are mistaken, it's because we do not know the scriptures nor the power of God. Listen, and when you do not, when you're mistaken, the word is, it's err in E-R-R in err, do you not err in the King James, but it's the word plano, and it means to cause to roam from safety. It means uh, to go astray or be seduced, to wonder, or be out of the way. And see, when you're following Jesus, when you're being led by the Spirit of God, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the children of God. You're in the way. You're listening. You're looking for help from the Scriptures. Because the Scriptures are unchanging. And God is unchanging. The truth is always here. It's just that we do not understand always what the truth is, what it's saying. So he says that they are mistaken. Why? Because... They do not know, they don't understand or have the knowledge of, and we need to ask God for wisdom, for understanding, for knowledge from the scriptures. Because God's, God's character, nature, and will, everything about God is located in the scriptures. Either in command or in principle, we should be following it. We can always gain wisdom from God. Now, he doesn't say everything in the scriptures, but you can always look at the character, the nature, and the will of God to find wisdom for every situation. So he says they do not know scriptures, which is a document or the holy writ, nor the power, the dudamus, the ability, the miraculous power and strength of God. And then he goes on to say that they are greatly mistaken. So what I would tell you to do is in your life, look around. Where are you greatly mistaken? All of us are mistaken in life and because we don't know the word of God. And that's why we need to have a relationship with God and through the scriptures, reading systematically the scriptures. That's why I've encouraged people uh, for all the time that I've been teaching and been saved to read through the Bible. To systematically study the Bible, read through it. And I just, I, 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 I'm getting ready to start something different. And that is to read the same book every day for the whole month. So I'm going to start reading them completely through for a whole month. And the larger books, what you do is you break them into sections. And you read like the first 10 chapters every day for a whole month. So you read it 30 times. Because when I'm teaching and I read through the scriptures 
something that I would teach, I read all week long, many times, over and over. And I read it in the New King James, and then I read it in the King James. And, I, and, I, and then I study the words. And you get more in-depth study of it. Now, the simplicity of the gospel saved us. We were once blind, but now we see. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. But the gold and the, and the riches and digging deeper gives us wisdom for life, gives us, gives us an understanding and a roadmap of how to treat others and how to live and how to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And to love our neighbor as ourselves. So, again, where are you mistaken at? Where are you erred? Well, when we err, it's because we don't understand that the power of God has set us free from sin. The power of God has already set us free from the penalty of sin. And, and, and it's been taken out of our lives, but we continue to listen to the lie. And that's where we err at when we listen to the lie and we don't understand what God has done for us and how much he loves us with a never-ending love. Anybody else want to try to quote it or read it or anything? Mark 12:24. Jesus replied, your mistake is that you don't know the scriptures and you don't know the power of God. Mark 12:24. Anybody else? It's, it's so important to know the scriptures. And next week, I'm going to give you, I was trying to do this kind of quick. I didn't want to spend a lot of time. We've had this scripture before, but I want to remind it and set up uh, John 12, 48. That's next week. You can write that down. It's John 12, 48, which says, listen to me. He who rejects me, Jesus speaking, he who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. You see that? This word right here. There's not going to be some new thing when you get to the throne room and you'll be able to go, well, I didn't see that. I didn't hear that. I didn't read that. It's a real simple gospel. He's given us one book that gives us his heart what he's doing, what he's done, what he's going to do. And this is what we're going to be judged by. This is what the test is on. And this book reveals the provision of God for the sin nature, the provision of God that pays and atones for our sin so that we do not have to be punished for it and cast into hell. So that's why we need to know Scripture. We need to have a relationship with God by the power of the Holy Spirit that takes the Scriptures and washes us and cleanses us and makes us pure. So write that down, John 12, 48. I often quote that scripture. And so I thought it was time that we would look at it a little more in depth. Um, John 12, 48. Amen?